It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is having a great start to your year. Uh, normally, uh, I don't do a whole lot of lives in the evening. Normally, I'm using my evening time as a period to unwind for my day and prepare uh, to go into my, my, my sleep. Uh, but I thought it would be a good time to sort of talk to you about something that I'm immensely passionate about. I think you've seen it. Uh, whether you're uh, following me on Facebook, one of my pages on Facebook, whether you're following me on Instagram, whether you follow me on YouTube, you have seen me talk about uh, my latest book. First of all, uh, book number 25 uh, is The War on Black Wealth, Breaking the Code of Generational Wealth. Um, but I have since 2015, I created Legacy Wealth. Uh, the Legacy of Wealth Academy, uh, which is meant to teach people specific principles on wealth building from everything you can possibly imagine. This is an intense course. It's six months uh, long, and it's everything from the uh, seven steps to financial freedom, understanding markets, understanding money, uh, understanding the need for diversity, compound growth, so many different things and principles. Look, wealth building is about principles. At the end of the day, it's about understanding money, understanding processes, understanding principles. It's about a shift in the mindset, moving from consumer to investor, and you're constantly looking for opportunities to grow assets. Uh, we talk about diversity and assets. We talk about so many different things in this, but what we learn is that no matter where you start, no matter who you are, you have an opportunity to develop and build wealth. Another thing that I've been talking about on an ongoing basis is something else I'm excited about. And that is the seven day online business launch. And people ask what that about. Well, the seven day online business launch is actually in, in its most simplest form, the system that I've used since I relaunched my businesses 12 years ago online. Uh, had a real rough period at the end of 2007, 2008, so forth. Things started going bad. The economy started going bad. Decided when uh, I was ready to rebuild that I was going to do it online. I said I could reach more people online. That was leverage. At the time, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter were in their infancy stages compared to where they are now. They weren't the business uh, platforms that they've become. Uh, there weren't no Facebook ads, no Twitter ads, none of that stuff. It was just a place where people hung out. I'm like, well, people are hanging out here. You can literally give, uh, get your information to these people online. And so I decided I was going to launch. So what I did is I built, uh, over time, I learned. There wasn't any blueprints out there at the time. I learned step by step everything I needed to do to create revenue online. Since then, I've done it over and over and over again. Uh, I've been uh, pretty, pretty uh, successful at it. And so what I decided to do is teach people how to do it. Here's why. If you want to create long-term financial stability, then you have to be willing 
to understand the need for diversity and revenue streams, multiple revenue streams. You hear it talked about all the time. It's not as complex as it seems, but it is something that requires you to do something different. You have to create multiple streams of income. You need to create them in a diverse uh, uh in a, in a diverse way, meaning that you don't want all of your income coming from the same place because if that market, that industry takes a hit, all of your income takes a hit. What you're able to do online is you're able to literally sit up and say, okay, I'm going to create a revenue stream over here. Now, here's the thing. When I first started creating revenue streams, it wasn't in the vein of my passion. I had skill sets, so I was able to do a lot of freelancing and a lot of stuff that created revenue that sustained me while I regrew my business. Um, co copywriting, uh, writing articles, blogging. Uh, I did uh, for a company in the UK, First Choice Lighting, I did all of their product descriptions. Another furniture company in Australia, I did all their project pro product descriptions on their uh, website, uh, that was a couple of years of pro uh, a couple of year projects for each one. It was an unbelievable thing, but it literally put me out there and it told me that there was an opportunity, and it confirmed what I believed that I wouldn't be locked into doing business solely in the location in which I live or the geographical location in which I live. I found out that I had the ability to reach people around the world. Anybody that could speak English could literally sit up and benefit from working with me in whatever it was I was doing. Eventually, I got to the thing that I love the most. That's performance psychology. That's life strategy. That's therapy. Uh, it's my vein. It's what I love. So I got to help people that way, but I did so many other things. So I created a program that allows people to take the same steps that I take. Even when I see something online I want to do now, I use the same principle, X, Y, Z, until I get it done and it's out there. The thing is, most people don't think like that. No, most people don't want to look into it. Most people are waiting on somebody to give it to them. Let me tell you something. There's absolutely no reason why you don't have multiple streams of income, and you should have at least two streams of income right now online. It's too easy to create. Uh, it's too easy to manage. It's managed. It's too many opportunities out there. Now, more and more people are coming in, more and more people are trying to make it happen. And so the competition is going up, but there's still so many things that are untapped. I teach you about creating your own niche, creating your own space, creating your own industry. This step-by-step -step process in just that one vein alone is priceless. And I'm doing it right now. Uh, I'm offering the course, but I'm not only offering the course on next Friday, the 27th, I'm going to actually teach this self-paced course. It's not meant for me to teach. It's meant for you to get and go step-by-step step with the instructions and follow. But I want to teach it because I want to answer questions. I want to walk you through some of the processes of how I think and how others think. Look, whether you realize it or not, the internet, especially social media, is being used to track your, your 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 behaviors, track how you think. Uh, so much customer intelligence is being pulled from social media. Do you realize that on Facebook, you can go on Facebook and request all of your data that's ever been on there, every post and every comment that has ever gone on your page, all the pictures stored, everything. You can request that. Facebook is going to take a little time to prepare for you. You, you, can, request the, you can request the entire thing or you, you can request it in certain 
date packages, but you can request it. You can download it in what in a, in a couple of different forms. You can use different systems to process it. I gained so much of my research in real time and learning by asking simple questions and watching people answer it or finding someone else who is asking a question and people are answering it and tagging myself in it so it puts it on my page and it gives me insight it allows me to understand the people who are a part of my target audience people that i want to market to but also how people are behaving what's driving the behavior what's behind it what things are helping people what things are hurting people and so much more it also opens up other ideas of research that i can do on a more um uh, scientific level, but it's so much being gathered. And if that's the case, my thing is, why aren't we out there utilizing it? Yes, it's a good place to hang out. Yes, it's a good place to talk. Yes, it's a good place to share information, but it's also a good place to promote what you're good at, promote the things that you believe in, promote the things that can bring your family an increased financial uh, uh, level of financial uh, stability over the long term. You have to have these because what's happening now is the old way of doing things is no longer what it used to be. The old way of doing things was you go get a job, you stay on the job for 30 to 40 years, you retire, you collect your pension and you live happily ever after. That worked for mom and grandma. That's, that's not going to work for us. Number one, uh, Social Security is going to fall through. Uh, also, we're finding so much and we talk about 401k plans in the, the legacy wealth program. It's a program that's so intensive, you get certified as a financial consultant when you come out of it. It's that intense. This, no, you're not licensed. You're not gonna be a stockbroker. It's not a series six or series seven license. This is simply saying, I know my shit. Uh, I've learned it. You're gonna learn all of the commodities, all of, you're gonna definitely learn about compound growth. You're gonna learn about uh, tax liabilities. You're going to learn about 401k. You're going to learn about fiduciary standards. You're going to learn about so much that's important of understanding how you place your money. You're going to understand why consumerism is the enemy of building wealth. Uh, you're going to understand uh, so much more in this. There is a list of things you're going to learn listed in the description box. Uh, and people ask why is this important? Because as I was writing this book, uh, the War on Black Wealth, Breaking the Code of Generational Wealth. I'm looking at it, and the first thing I do in this book is I go through all these different ways that Blacks have been blocked uh, in the pursuit of building wealth. And I address the racial wealth gap. I address why the median uh, household wealth for whites is over 170000 and the median household wealth for Blacks is 17000 and why it's getting wider instead of closing you have to ask okay it's been 157 almost 158 years since the civil war ended and blacks were quote unquote quasi uh liberated uh from plantations and i say that because there are so many things that followed that that revealed that really weren't free uh in the aspect of being able to truly grow and be what we were capable of being but that's a whole nother topic but i address all of this and i address this at the beginning of the books because i want everyone to see exactly what happened and why there's this gap because just in some of the basic principles of understanding uh property ownership is so important in the ability to build wealth another thing that i am going to throw in on the side note is marriage is a wealth hack 
And I talk about that. I talk about why marriage is important uh, outside of the obvious reasons and why uh, there's this big push for individualism um, and what it does and how it dilutes the collective and how it dilutes collective power, collective wealth, and so many other things. Also, it changes our ability and our willingness to work together as a collective unit to build wealth. And so we find ourselves out there on an island trying to make things happen amongst people who may not be willing to facilitate or underwrite what it is that we say we're trying to do. Well, with that being said, what I want to do is I want to encourage people to enroll in this course. This is a six month course, but it's a lifetime endeavor because you're going to receive a lifetime membership into the Epic Realm community of high achievers. What's that? These are people who have actually worked with me to achieve their goals. These are people who have already worked with me one on one and have won. They have come in. We're talking about doctors, nurse practitioners. We're talking about uh, interior designers. We're talking about company CEOs, clinic CEOs. We're talking about people who knew there was something they wanted, came to me. We worked on it. This is what I do for a living. And, and we got it. But now I've brought them into this place where we're bringing people into it and they're going to help. They're going, we're having Q&As on a weekly basis. We are helping people explore the opportunity. The thing is, if you want to be a business owner, it's out there. If you want to grow wealth, it's out there. And even when you look at it from the perspective of being a black person, it's out there. What does that mean? That means that you have to know how to move. Wealth building is about principles. It's about principles practiced consistently. It's about understanding how to move and handle money. Uh, Getting rich is about revenue generation. We talked about that on the seven day business launch, creating revenue. That's revenue generation. You can create money. Wealth is about the stabilization and the growth of what you create and generate. Wealth is this point where you reach in life, where you have this lifestyle you want to live and the mechanisms through which you've invested whether it's annuities, whether it's indexing, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate, whether it's art and, and, and all, whether it's business, but anything you've invested in is generating revenue without you having to be present. Meaning that you don't, if you never work another day in your life, you can live the lifestyle that you're currently living or that you want to live. You have now become wealthy. And that's wealth. Wealth is also something that you need to create mechanisms to pass down. So that's something else we teach. We teach how to make sure that your wealth reaches four or five generations beyond you without it being squandered by using trust. And all of these things are important. Now, the thing is, one of the things that I'm real big on, one of the things that I'm going to talk about, one of the things that I'm going to be consistent in, in the areas I teach, I'm bringing other people in. When it comes to trust, I'm bringing someone in who's an expert on trust and creating trust and building trust that work for you. But the things that I'm going to focus, one of the things I'm going to focus on a whole lot is getting out of the, 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 the idea of symbolism, getting out of the idea of trying to prove how much you got by what you drive, by what you wear. The thing is, I want to teach you the importance of understanding the difference between an asset and a liability. So many things we've been told are assets are actually liabilities. You don't have an asset until it can do at least two things. Number one, it can be insured uh, by a legitimate insurance company. Number two, it can be used as collateral to get loans and capital for things you want to do. If it cannot be used as 
uh, collateral and it cannot be insured, it is not uh, an asset. Also, um, using insurance as a means of growing wealth, and I'm not just talking about life benefits. Uh, some people get that. A lot of people don't get the life benefits that you can literally sit up and make sure that when you leave this place, your family is taken care of. And if they and if you do it with a trust, the trust becomes the beneficiary. The trustee ex executes the demands on the trust and it ensures that nobody can just take money and blow it off. It's not given to a personal beneficiary. The money is left to the trust to ensure that what you want done with it is done with it. It's an unbelievable way to protect the trust. It's an unbelievable way to keep your, your, your estate out of probate and so many other things that happens to people who do leave a little something behind. A lot of times it ends up in probate because people want to contest the will. A will is only good if nobody contests it. Now, uh, uh, there are so many other things, but what you have to understand is how to utilize these things. Art. You ever notice that wealthy people buy a lot of art? Do you think it's because they like beautiful stuff on the wall? No, it's because it's insurable and, and you know, they can use it as collateral. It's a great place to hide their wealth. Uh, we talk about why wealthy people aren't really as cash heavy as non-wealthy people think they are. What do you mean? Um, when the average person thinks of a millionaire, they think they got a million dollars in the bank. The average millionaire doesn't have a million dollars in the bank. The average millionaire has a net build asset count that's a million dollars. In other words, when you take all of their assets, you subtract all of their debt, they have at least a million dollars in net assets. It makes them a millionaire. It makes them worth one million dollars. It doesn't mean they have. And the thing is, anybody that understands money understands the devaluation of the dollar. The dollar is a fiat currency that isn't backed by anything. And it's consistently devaluing each and every day. And there's a great level of volatility in that dollar. So anybody who understands money isn't sitting around with a bunch of cash laying around because all it takes is for the dollar to take that hit. And that's one of the things that a lot of people are worried about. People are worried about the market crash. The market's going to go up and down. The market's going to have good good years and bad years. But the market is always going to rebound. It's done it for hundreds of years. The Great Depression couldn't destroy the market. It eventually rebounded. So we know that eventually that's coming back. The dollar crashes, that's a whole different thing. And you have to learn, how are you hedging against uh, a collapse uh, in value of the dollar? One thing is you should be invested in hard assets that carry value in any currency, gold, real estate, international stocks, um, car collections, once you get to a level where you can do that. Um, but those are the things that are going to carry value no matter what uh, happens to the dollar. And these are all things that you're going to learn in this course. Um, this isn't about what type of whip you're going to end up driving. Symbolism, the time for symbolism is over. The time now is for us to actually get together and gain an understanding day by day of what we do with our money. And what I'm telling you is you can take a little 
And if you know what you're doing, compounding. If you're not investing in compounding, one of the easiest ways to do this is in an index fund. An index fund is a passively managed mutual fund like the S&P 500 that you can put money into. And it literally not only pays you back a certain interest every year on what you do, but it compounds that. It stacks it. And actually what is growing is also growing interest. So the interest is paying interest on itself and you're constantly adding to it as you grow. It's a great way to set up your retirement. It's a great way to set up early retirement. It's a great way to pass down wealth. All of these things are going to be taught in this course. It's a six month course and you will not only know how to manage your finances. This isn't again. This isn't a get rich quick scheme. I'm not telling you you're going to come out and there's going to be this thing and you're going to come out and you're going to, I'm telling you, you're going to understand what it means to invest uh, across assets and why it's important. You're gonna understand what it means to use asymmetric risk reward as a standard for how you're gonna enter into investments. You're gonna understand the importance of leveraging each and every dollar in your investments and so much more. I can't even get into all the things that are being set up. That's one course that's a two week course by itself is worth the entire course price. And that is this, this course that, that, that I created called seven steps to financial freedom. And it's literally seven steps that you can take that'll get you to financial freedom. Obviously, the first place you've got to generate revenue. The thing is, with online internet, and almost everybody has access to it. Everybody's walking around with a smartphone. Everybody's walking around with a smartphone. And nobody's thinking, how can I use this thing that I paid $1,000 for? Because everybody's walking around with an Apple uh, iPhone or, or walking around with a Samsung Galaxy and you, and you worried about what kind of pictures it takes. You got access to the internet. You got access to all these apps, these apps that do these unbelievable things that allow you to create content, that allow you to promote links, that allow you to do so many things. You got Instagram, you got YouTube, you got uh, Facebook, you got TikTok, all of these places can be monetized, but nobody's thinking, everybody's talking about it, everybody's on it. I see some people trying to monetize, I see some people doing it, but you, you talk to the average person about monetization and, and they can't tell you what type of sales funnel they're using, they can't tell you what, what way they're driving traffic, they can't tell you where they're sending their traffic to, and all these different things. It's not simply about getting on and talking about something and hoping somebody clicks a link. It's about setting up a system. And again, I'm telling you from personal experience that no, this is not a get rich and it doesn't always go well, but what I can tell you, and I do not do this often. I'll tell you, you know, about how many books I've written. I'll tell you about how many companies I've started. I very well rarely talk numbers, but what I can tell you is this, is that when I decided that I was going to uh, rebuild my business after I took the hits and went through all the stuff I went through um, back through to the mid 2000s up until 2010, um, when, I, when, when, when I decided I was going to do that, I started from scratch. I'm literally telling you, all I had from this unbelievable life that I had lived prior to that were these diamond earrings uh, that were about 1.75 carats each stud. 
And I said, this is the beginning. This is what I'm using. I gambled everything. I sold those earrings. I bought a laptop and I've never looked back. Here's what I can tell you. And again, like I said, I don't talk about this part of my life. I'm real personal and private. And, you know, I don't really talk a lot about what, what's in my bank account or what's going on. But what I can tell you is it's been rough, especially with the pandemic and everything. But I can tell you the last five or so years consistently hit six figures and it's been rough. And I'm not telling you that's all easy and six figures and everything people make it up to be. And anybody that knows me knows I'm not stopping at six figures. But what I'm telling you is, as rough as it's been, as crazy as it's been, as challenging as it's been, here's what I can tell you. Every day I wake up and I'm in control of my destiny. Some days are better than others. But I wake up and I decide this is what I'm going to do. I'm doing something I'm passionate about. Nobody can fire me from it. And I'm out earning the, the median income of anyone. I'm above the median income. Now, does that come with a lot of challenges? And are there times, and again, because I think like cash, I run into cash flow issues because I don't keep a lot of cash around because I am concerned about what will happen with it. And I would rather have it in my business where it has value in my business and because my business is literally global now. I have value outside of the U.S. So even if the U.S. economy tanks, I can still get through the roughest times, pay my bills and eat and keep a roof over my head. Bare minimum. While this economy recovers just with what I can do outside of this country. And it's simply by gaining an understanding. Let's see what's it. Donica, that doesn't sound like something that I would get involved in. Invest $20 a day, get $200 tomorrow. It's some type of stacked pyramid scheme, some type of stacked thing, something that's probably viewed by the Securities Commission. Anytime you start talking about investment as something illegal, um, can you take $20 and turn it into $200 by tomorrow? Possible if you know what you're doing. I would never say that you can take $20 and turn I have. I've taken $20 and turned it into $200. But that was $20 I invested in ads on Facebook to promote something that I was selling. And I made a lot more than $200. But that's not me giving somebody else my $20 and they say tomorrow they're going to give me back $200. No, that's me sitting up saying, hey, look, I'm going to take this $20. And that's going to and when you're building a Facebook ad, when you're building Facebook ads, it's literally going to sit up and it's going to tell you this is how many people you're going to get in front. It's going to ask you what your target audience is or Facebook has this cool thing. Now, when you create Facebook ads, it'll ask you if you want them to automate it and they're going to automate it based off the content that you're creating off of the things that you post on a regular basis. They're going to get an idea of who you're trying to get your your information out to and they'll literally do it for you. But you if you've done your work, if you've done your marketing analysis, if you've done all that, then you can sit up and you can be very specific about the target audience you're aiming your ads at. And you want to be highly specific. Why? Because the broader you are, you get it in front of more people, but you get it in front of people who don't want to see it, who are not going to use it, who are not going to buy it. And you're wasting your, your, your ad dollars. You want to get in front of people who want what you're trying to get them. That's the important things. Another thing that is completely cost-free is 
how many of you are sitting up with something that you're trying to promote are in groups that people who would buy it are in? Now, there are rules when you go into these groups. There are rules that when you go into these groups of what you can post, what you can promote, when you can promote it and all of this. And you need to understand that and abide by the rules. Don't go spamming somebody's inbox. That's horrible. Spam nobody's inbox. Don't spam nobody's DMs. Develop a system of promotion and you can start if you don't even if you don't have any ad dollars or any marketing budget, you can start with free advertising, free promotion. But you've got to have relevant content, things that people are going to want to see and listen to, read and, 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 and consume. And within that, you promote what it is you're trying to do. But you've got to bring relevant content. You've got to make it worth their while to show up. And you've got places like Patreon, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Anchor uh, will allow you now to put up podcasts and end up on Spotify going worldwide. And they play, they pay ad revenue. You can also have paid subscriptions. There are so many different things. And I teach this in the seven-day online business lunch. Again, I don't want to misrepresent anything. I'm not telling anybody you're going to jump on here and make a million dollars because that's not true. What I'm telling you is that not knowing the internet, not taking any specific or official course in how to build anything. My company now builds websites. My company now builds uh, marketing and sales funnels. My company now does uh, sales copy. My company, well, I taught myself all of this because my survival depended upon it. And while I have had to grow slower than I wanted to, I've put myself in a situation now where I can help a lot of people. And what I'm, like I said, you're talking about in a rough time where businesses were closing, people were getting laid off. I maintain six figures. Um, again, I don't think that's something supernatural because I've seen more. But what I'm telling you is in a situation where you started out with $4 and some earrings, I think I've come a long way and I've done it all. I mean, at the at, at the least, 80% of my direct revenue was coming from online and the other 20% was indirectly online, meaning that I originated everything online and then some of the stuff moved offline. But I'm telling you, that's the power of leveraging the internet and social media. And I teach that in the seven day online business course, but also, if you want to understand what it takes to build wealth. And see, here's the problem with it. And then I'm going to get off of here because I'm deep off into my unwind time right now. Here's the problem with um, why so many people don't accomplish wealth building is there's no immediate gratification. It's not an instantaneous uh, fulfillment. It's a long term progressive move that gets better and better and better and better with time. Um, I talk about uh, James Crowley. James Crowley is a black man who, if he's still alive, is probably well into his 80s by now. But uh, in his young years, all he ever did his entire career was work as a parking lot attendant made at his height $12 an hour. But he just happened to be a parking lot attendant in the financial district. And so he had investors and, and stockbrokers and all these people parking in his parking lot. He just would ask questions. 
what about this one? If I want to do this, what's the safest places that and, and, and he learned so much from them and he used it when he retired with uh the maximum we've ever made is twelve dollars an hour. He retired. He was worth over a half a million dollars. He had a half a million dollars in assets. Then he had paid off his house. He had sent his kids to college, and he did that with a twelve dollar an hour job. Then there's Theodore Johnson, who lived some years ago. He's he's dead and gone now, but he worked at UPS when I think the top salary was four or five six dollars an hour. That was the big money back then. He made fourteen thousand dollars a year. But he knew somebody who was wealthy and he asked them what he needed to do. And they told him he needed to take 20 percent of his income and they told him what to invest it in. He told them his initial response was, I can't afford that. All I make is this. I can't afford to give 20 percent. I don't have. And he was told you can't afford not to. You And I'll tell you that right now. You cannot afford not to invest in yourself or you'll never have it. If you're waiting on the right moment, when the right thing hits, when the right thing gets right, when this gets paid off, when that gets, it's always going to be something coming back that's going to make you keep pushing it. That comes a time that you have to look up and say, this is the moment that I'm going to change my life. And then I'm going to be consistent about what I'm doing until I see results. And that's what I had to do. But anyway, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, not the, Theodore Johnson, decided that he was going to do it. So he did it. He never left his day job. Now, this is, what's, this is what was a trip to me. He never left his day job. And what he did was he retired at 62, worth $72 million. He continued to invest. At 90 years old, he had to turn that 72 million, I want to say, into close to 100 million. And he gave half of it to charity. And then he died and left the rest to his family. But this is people who, on surface, didn't make money to be considered big time investors, but they cared enough to build something. They cared enough to be disciplined in what it is they're doing. This is what I'm talking about compound growth. Uh, understanding stock. Another thing that people want to do when they talk about stocks is they want to get into day trading. One of the most dangerous things you can do, find valuable assets that have longevity, have the financials to prove their ability to survive turbulent times, invest and hold. You're going to go through some ups and downs. Your stocks are going to drop in value at times, but they'll recover because you did your homework. You're also going to be diverse in your investments. You're not investing all of your money in one thing. Why? Because that also hedges you and protects you against different uh, uh, vari uh, variations in prices and values of stocks and anything else you're investing in. You definitely need to hold real estate. You need to use insurance. You should get your income annuity at some point that's going to keep paying you every day of the rest of your life. All of these different things are out there. And most of us are simply not aware of them. And most of us are thinking, well, this is what you got to have. And if you don't have this, you can't get started. You can get started investing with as little as $10. Hell, if you got Cash App, you can buy stocks on Cash App. You can buy crypto on Cash App. There, there's absolutely no excuse. You can sit up and say, okay, every time somebody sends me something on Cash App, I'm going to take 20% of it and I'm going to buy some stock. That's a start, but you've got to have a long-term plan. And the goal of this isn't simply for us to ball out of control. The goal of this is to have something to pass down to our children so they don't start where we started. And then we set that up through trust. 
I'm going to tell you this little part, then I'm gone. There are these trusts. And I'm going to have my trust guy talk to you about how to set these trusts up. But here's what John Rockefeller did, who uh, happened to uh, be born at the perfect time to take advantage of the Industrial Revolution. And he built the most successful and wealthiest family enterprise of all time. If you're accounting for inflation, if you take what Rockefeller had then and count for inflation and everything else, what he had then and what he was able to buy and spend, the buying power of his wealth uh, translated now, he would be worth over $300 billion. Now, let me tell you how he made sure he was able to pass that down and that his children and their children and their children's children. I think they're in the 10th or the 11th generation right now. Let me tell you how he made sure that they would all still have. He created trust. Now, in the trust, he's leaving things to his children. But in the trust, the trust says you get half of what I left in this trust. The other half goes to your children. Now, you, in turn, to get this, have to sit up and create another trust, which is also for your children. So your children are gonna, each of your children are gonna get two trusts, what comes from me and what you created. Now they're gonna have to do it. So they're gonna get your trust and my trust, and then they're gonna create it and they're gonna pass down half of what you gave them in your trust, half of what I'm giving them in my trust to their children plus the trust they create. So the third generation gets three inheritances from three different places. And that's how they multiplied that. That's how he built it. But it also taught them how to understand and how to move wealth. That is how you build. And, and it's so much of this that I teach in this course. And for less than a thousand, it's $997, it's a six month course. I guarantee you, you're not gonna get this in a, an associate degree course on finance. You're not going to get it because they don't teach it. They're not teaching people to build wealth. They're teaching people to get jobs. They're teaching people how to know enough about it to go apply for a job and let somebody pay them. So, again, it's about serving the higher and the elite. I want to show people that you can build. I'm, uh, and I'm very careful about this, that I communicate to you that this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme, but it works. It works. It works. It works. Again, I t tell people all the time, you're looking at a person who at a time had almost anything they could ever want. And I mean, just mad crazy. And then it was gone. But here's the one thing that, that I, I can tell you. I never panicked, you know why? Once you've done it, you can always do it. I wake up every day and there's so much that I need to get done in this bottlenecking of trying to grow a company. It's growing faster than I can facilitate it. And that's painful. If you don't understand business, I can't explain that to you now, but I will one day. But it's painful, but it's a good place to be. It means there's a demand for you. You just got to find a way to facilitate it. That's where I'm at right now. Beautiful place to be compared to where I was 12 years ago. But here's the thing. I woke up and I decided that my life was going to be different, that I was going to build. And I was going to build it in a way that I wasn't going to be as subject to these hits that I took this time around. So diversity was big for me. Knowledge was big for me because here's what I, I understood. While you can sell clothes, while you can sell cars, while you can sell houses, the number one commodity in on a global level is knowledge. If you secure knowledge, if you gain an understanding of knowledge, here's what happens. You are always have something that somebody wants and is willing to pay you to do. Then you're talking about being a consultant. 
I just come in and tell you what you need to know to get your business off the ground. And people will pay you for that. People will pay you. So it's just so much that I learned and I invested in myself and I grew it and I grew it and I grew it. And I'm nowhere close to where I need to be, nowhere close to where I want to be. What I'm telling you is I'm living better than the average person that's got a uh, four-year degree, a master's degree, and most people with doctor's degrees. And it's simply about step-by-step -step processing. This is my come out year. I've already made it up. I've already got it planned out. I've already put things together. I'm, I'm going to have to bring in investors uh, to get it to the next level. But hey, that's what I'm going to do. I've grown it as much as I could on my own and doing so much by myself. The team is about to grow. That costs so much is going on, but again, a beautiful place to be. But it started because I decided to build something and I did it online and I did it over and over again. That that was the copywriting company. That was the media company. That was the uh, content procurement company. It, it's so many different things I did until I got to the Visionetics Institute where I was literally working with people and helping people change their lives. I had to do something to make sure money was coming in. That's the beautiful thing. There are multiple things that are out there that says, okay, look, that, that ain't a whole lot, but that pays the light bill. That's not a whole lot, but that pays the water bill. That's not a whole lot, but that goes grocery money. Things that a lot of people sit up and take for granted. You don't, when you're going through what I went through, everything is appreciated because in a moment it was gone. And none of it's guaranteed. You have to wake up, wake up every day and go get it. I woke up every day and I went and got it. I remember when I was at rock bottom, I mean, literally fat on my back. And I remember my conversation with God. I'm sharing this with you because I want people to really, truly understand what's out there. I'm flat on my back. I mean, I'm, I'm in the worst position I've been in as an adult. And I'm in a city that I'm not from. I don't know a whole lot of people. And I'm embarrassed to tell my family just how bad I'm doing. And I have a conversation with God. And my conversation was real simple. I know that I've got to go through this. I know that there's a lesson in this. I know that there's no magic quotient that I'm going to snap my fingers and tomorrow this won't be my reality. I'm going to have to work out of it. My, my, my agreement was God was simple. I said, don't let me die in this. If you wake me up, I'm going to answer the bell. If you wake me up every day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something that's going to move me further and further away from where I'm at right now. Just, just wake me up. And what, what, what I meant by that, I didn't need God to do anything magical. God had already prepared me. Everything that I needed, God prepared me. What I didn't know, I was going to learn. What doors were closed would eventually open. I learned that providence moves after I move. It, I learned that it's a bunch of things I was waiting on to happen weren't going to happen until I took the first step. So I got up and I decided, hey, just wake me up. I took that laptop and I showed up to, I think, one of the largest freaking Starbucks in the world in, 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 in West Village in uptown Dallas, uh, capacity close to 150. It's huge. And I sit there every day. And, I mean, I would work. And, and then every time I would say, okay, it's time for another move. It's time for another breakthrough. And right when I would sit up and say, I'm going I'm to go out on faith. 
somebody that I have been speaking to that every day, because every day I'm in there, I'm in the same space, I'm going. And people walk in, they get to know you. They say, hey, what's going on? They speak to you. Every time I said, it's time for the next move. Somebody will say, hey, look, you know, I come here every day and I see you doing this and then tell me what's going on. And I say, hey, man, look, I just did it. I just wrote my first book and published him. So what? I know somebody. That is done. I can't tell you how many times that happened. But providence doesn't move until you move. You got to trust yourself. You got to be willing to step out there. You got to be willing to go get it. And so I just did it over and over and over again. And I looked up and it was growing. And it was like, man, I just made this. I just made this. And then it started to be, what can't I do? And the answer is that's absolutely nothing I can't do. It's what am I willing to do in order to have it? See, a lot of us want something for nothing. A lot of us, uh, yeah, and, and, and Donica made a very point. She said, I think black people with wealth don't want to share the information. And a lot of people are like that, but blacks are really like that. We really tight-lipped. Uh, the person who taught me business when I was a young cat was a, was a white Jew. And people trip up when I say that. But he wasn't the first person I approached. I didn't even approach him. He approached me. But every every black business owner I knew would tell me, hey, give me a call. But when I called, they wouldn't answer. Or when, I, when, I, when, when they did answer, they would put me off. Give me a call. I call them. And you know what? Cell phones and all that stuff then. It's like you had to catch them where they were or you missed them. And, they, and, and I never could. And here's this guy sitting at a bar with me one day, starts a conversation, becomes my mentor. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, we tend to be very tight-lipped on it because what we don't want is to share something with somebody and then have them bypass us, have them uh, outgrow us, bypass us, uh, and everything. And I'm the opposite. I want everybody I come in contact with to outperform me. I want to touch people's lives. I want everybody to come back and say, man, look what I'm doing. I'm not in competition with anybody but myself. I'm in competition with the best version of me. People ask me, who's who's my hero? I say, man, my great-grandfather reared me. He means a lot to me. If I had to look outside of myself, I would say that dude is at the top. And then Malcolm X is a major uh, has had a major impact on me. Dr. Khaled Muhammad, uh, Martin Luther King, I could name some. There are some athletes that I look at. But when I have a hero, you know who my hero is? the version of me five years from now. When I, when I envision who I'm going to be five years from now, and, and, and here's the thing, money isn't the first thing I'm looking at. What impact am I having in the world five years from now? How much more wiser am I? How much more loving and accepting am I of the people around me instead of being judgmental? How many people's lives will be much better because I came some way in contact with them or I knew some, I, I impacted somebody that impacted them. And yes, how much more wealth will I have built and how many businesses will I have? And I look at that person in the future and I said, that's my hero. And you know why that's my hero? I can actually be that person. I'm never gonna be Malcolm. I'm never gonna be Martin. 
I'm never going to be Khaled Muhammad. I'm never going to be Michael Jordan. I'm never going to be Tony Darset. I'm not never going to be any of the people that look at said, man, they did that in their in their vein. I'm never going to be any of those people. It's good to admire them. It's good to look at their work ethic. It's, I'm never going to be Kobe Bryant. Uh, it's good to be uh, look at their work ethic, but they were the best versions of themselves. So the best thing that I can do in this world is become the best version of me. And the way that I'm going to do that is by growing every day. It's about persevering. It's about going through things and doing what it takes to win. So when I talk about legacy wealth, I'm talking about all of the research I did for years to be able to write the war on black wealth and talk about all the things that they've done to keep us back. But the last half of that book is about all the things we can do right now to build wealth individually, to build wealth as families, to build wealth as communities, how we combat gentrification, how we deal with all these other things that we're dealing with that works against us building wealth. That's absolutely no reason we can't do it. We simply don't mind. No, one of the biggest reasons that I, I, I see so many problems is that they push individualism. They've pushed individuals so much that all we think about is ourselves. The only thing we care about is us as, as an individual person. So what does that mean? The village has been diluted. The village is where the power is at. The village is where you pour into one another. The village is where when you can't get to your kid, someone says, I got them. The village is where when someone sees your kid, they don't just keep looking. They see them in trouble. They help them. The village is where, you know what? I grew up, I grew up in a house and I had no idea that I was going to talk about all this. When I got on, I grew up in a house where we did pretty good. My grandfather uh, retired as a master welder from Dresser Industries, which is an all rig builder down on the ship channel in Houston. We lived right there. I could walk to the ship channel, uh, but we, he did that. Then he retired and he started a landscaping business. My grandmother owned her own beauty salon. So I didn't grow up poor, but I grew up in a poor environment because they were one of the first people to buy their house there and they just never left. And then as things started to go down, they were just there. So I was around a lot of people and I saw a lot of suffering. And I made up in my mind that I wasn't going to do it. But this is what I saw my mom, my grandmother do. And this is what I saw. I could be there are some things that we just don't have now. And it's showing up in negative ways. I could be four blocks over around the corner, down the street. And I could be playing with some kids and their mothers had different standards than my, my grandparents were the strictest people in the freaking neighborhood, period, bar none. OK, and so I could be around there and their moms were, uh, you know, parents will let them do certain things. I could be doing what they're doing and their mom will come outside and say, you know, Miss Wallace don't want you doing that. Now, she allows her kids to do it, but she knows enough about my mom to know my mom doesn't allow it. And she's not going to allow me to break my home rules on her property. That was one. But here's the big things. You know how many times we had a regular refrigerator. Then we had what we called a deep freezer. This deep freezer was huge. It's where my grandmother stockpiled food. She froze. She even froze bread. It was loaves of bread in the freezer. You know how many times my grandmother went in that freezer, bagged up groceries and took it to different people in that neighborhood because they were having a hard time. That's village. That's why it's so hard now. We don't do that. We don't trust one another. We don't want to do anything. Look, I can go on and on about this, but what I'm telling you is I want to help as many people as want to help themselves. And it could be a whole lot more, but what I want is to make sure I can cover the cost of delivering the highest quality product. When it comes to legacy wealth, you get a, a six month program that's probably super condensed out of maybe 36 months.
And uh, I'm going to be heavily involved in facilitating and administering this course. Um, also, if you want the seven-day online business course, I think everybody and their mom should be taking that course. Everybody needs to know how to set up and say, man, I want to push this online and be able to go create it. I went from doing it in seven days. I can do it in less than a day now. I can set up and say, you know what? I want to do this online. And within the day, I put it up and many times got my first sale. But it all started with me sitting up and learning how to do it. Now I'm teaching it. So that's the seven-day online business course. But also, you need to know what you don't know. And the problem is when you don't know what you don't know, you don't know you don't know it. And that's why so many people are struggling because they think that the way you get to wealth is work. I got to earn. You can't work and build wealth. You can work and initiate the process with the revenue you create through your work. But you've got to have mechanisms that grow what you earn without you working or you're never going to get there. And these are the things we teach you. We teach you about asymmetric risk reward. We teach you about diversity of assets. We teach you about uh, understanding tax liability. We teach you about insurance. We teach you about all these different things. And we teach you about structuring um, structuring um, trust. Now, here's another thing that one of the Rockefellers, Nelson Rockefeller, said once. And when I first heard him, I'm like, what? Because we always talk about, is you, it ain't yours if your name ain't on it. But Nelson Rockefeller said something very interesting, and it was associated with trust that I didn't know it at the time. He says that the key is to own nothing but control everything. And we teach you what that means and why. The key is to own nothing but control everything. That's what wealthy people do. And it, although the path towards wealth is different for us, it's definitely there. It's definitely possible. Uh, and so I want to really teach people how they've been doing it for years and why they are widening the racial wealth gap, despite the fact that we are more educated than we've ever been. There are so many things that we need to stop. And your number one enemy is debt. So every time you buy something on credit, you're working against yourself. You, you use your credit to create assets that produce assets. So in other words, if I'm going to use my credit, I'm going to buy a house that I can rent out. And of course, I need to have somewhere to stay. But there's ways to work with all that. But anyway, the link to both of these opportunities is in the description box. Again, I did not plan on being this long, but I definitely want to take the time to sit down with you and share with you and give you this opportunity. I uh, hope that some of you will choose to sign up for both opportunities, but definitely to me, Legacy Wealth, because that's gonna have the greatest long-term impact, but you also need to be able to create the revenue. So uh, for less than $400, you can sign up for the seven-day online business launch course and literally have me teach it to you and walk you through it again. Thank you guys for stopping in, thanking you for allowing me to share with you. Um, there's a point in time where you talk and then there's a point in time where you take action and you start to do. If you never graduate from talking, you're going to look up one day and your life will pass, have passed you by. And none of the things you said that you wanted in life you had. And that's not where you want to be because life will surrender to you anything you demand of it. 
But when you, life has this funny thing. When you make a demand on life, life says, okay, but then life makes a counter demand. Life says, well, this is what I'm going to demand of you. If you want it, you can have it, but you're going to have to do this. Most people bark on it. Most people don't want to invest in themselves. Most people don't want to exhibit self-discipline. Most people don't want uh, to put in the time and let certain things go for a while. Most people aren't ready to sacrifice. And so they sit up and they back up and say, well, I guess this is okay. I don't want to die having lived okay. I want to die saying I went out and got everything I could possibly put my hands on. And I mean that in a positive way. I mean touching lives, doing things, never having to sit up and look at life when it's time for me to leave this place with regret. So on that note, look, I'm out of here. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to step in and share time with you. You guys take care of yourself. On that note, as I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on an E. I'm challenging you guys to do the same thing. On that note, I'm out of here. Talk to you soon.